Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, Dave Dufour is in the building. We're going to break down NBA free agency. There's been a lot that has happened over the last 36 hours. Dave, how you feeling? Um, ooh, you know, that's a great question because it would be very easy for me to say, oh, man, I'm tired or whatever. But this was kind of a boring free agency. Let's be honest. Yeah. There have been some interesting moves, but not that many. It was all stuff that we kind of saw coming. Like Kyle Lowry was never going back to Toronto. Yep. We knew a couple of days ago, basically, that he was going to Miami. No real surprises. Malik Monk to the Lakers is a bigger surprise to me than any of the other moves that, that really happened. Jeff yeah. Green to the Nuggets, my favorite move. Oh, yeah. my God. We're, we need to talk about your uh, s- some priorities here. If Jeff Green is your favorite move to the Nuggets. Well, a- yeah. I mean, listen, he's above uh, the, a certain line, right? Like, he's better than Shaq Harrison, so we can talk about him. He is better than Shaq Harrison. That's true. As much as I love Shaq Harrison, shout out Shaq Harrison. He is definitely better than Shaq Harrison. I feel like people have not come here to listen to the Jeff Green to the Shaq Harrison uh, discussion. I feel like they've come here to listen to some of the bigger moves that have happened in free agency thus far. The order of operations we're going to go in, we're going to talk about the Bulls, then the Pelicans, then the Heat, then the Lakers, then the Knicks. Uh, And then after that, we might do like a little bit of a grab bag kind of thing, depending on what we get to. Right. Uh, But let's just start with the Bulls, because to me... That is by far the most interesting set of moves that any team has made. They signed and traded for Lonzo Ball, four years, $85 million, and they moved Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick. They signed and traded for DeMar DeRozan, three years, $85 million, and moved Thad Young, Al Farouk Aminu, and a first-round pick to do that. On top of that... They also have uh, signed Alex Caruso to a four-year, $37 million contract. That's a lot of maneuvering. Uh, The Bulls don't have as many people on the roster as what I thought they did. They still have the Lowry Markkinen restricted free agency hanging out there. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I'm as down on this set of moves as everyone else in the basketball podcasting writing this? community is. Who's down on this? Our our good buddy Seth Partnow is uh is ready to spit hot fire regarding this DeMar DeRozan signing. Okay, D- the DeMar signing sure. Okay. Uh I don't get it at all. Um I I'll, it, let's talk about the no Lonzo. Sense. Let's talk about the Lonzo, the Lonzo and Caruso stuff, ones first. Caruso. Man, yeah. those rule those moves rule they are awesome it's perfect they're the perfect guys to have out top in that defense for vooch uh caruso you know i am hoping he's going to be able to play more than the 20 minutes or whatever he was getting in la um one of the best defensive guards in the league i don't need to sing his praises to you know everybody knows he's really good the lonzo piece in that man just ultimate connector guy on offense for a team that desperately needs one like i'm sure that they could use another drink stirrer but i think when you can get a guy like lonzo that makes every other player on the court skill set more i don't know potent i think is the right word uh you got to get him you know he's a perfect fourth fifth starter i i've called him multiple times now danny green 2021 right he shoots the three not only does he shoot it but he also can make it but more importantly, he actually does shoot it. He moves the ball. Great vision. Incredible passer, especially in the full court. Underrated passer in the half court. Decent ball handler. I mean, just I, I love that for Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic in particular. Okay, so so here's the thing on like them needing a ball handler, maybe. Why is it not Zach Levine? What do you mean? They don't like, need a ball handler. 
I'm yeah, saying but, maybe they need one. Maybe yeah, they need yeah, another yeah. guy. Well, Zach Levine is the primary initiator for that team. Like, yeah. make, make no mistake. And anybody who anybody who says otherwise, first of all, didn't watch because you know, right? I mean, that is literally what he did. But number two, I mean, he's clearly qualified to be that kind of guy. See that? That's um, where I'm at. Like, I think a lot of people still hold on to like the old Zach Levine because a lot of people just haven't watched the Bulls in the last couple of years, right? A hundred percent. It's like, like people who didn't know that Alex Caruso is an All NBA level defender. You just didn't watch the Lakers after LeBron and AD got hurt last year. Yeah, Zach Levine is insanely good. And I hope that people are watching the Olympics and like recognizing that to an even greater degree than what I think they've recognized it in the past. He has Mm -hmm. probably been their third best player on this Olympics team so far. I would say that KD is obviously number one. I I would probably put Drew Holiday at number two because I think that Drew just like kind of wrecks shit and is like the most important person on their defense at the end of the day because of the way that he just totally dominates teams at the at the point of attack but zach levine is shooting like 55 percent from the field 40 percent from three and hasn't missed a free throw yet he's an enormous transition threat and the other thing is like he is defending his ass off with team usa he is but now you're also making an argument for for adding another ball handler by the way because a lot of this is being done off the ball by him he's being able to use some of his IQ to cut to the basket. You know, his catch and shoot game has been on display out there. So, I mean, See, but, but while I, I agree, like, I think we're on the same page with Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also can understand wanting to have someone who could take some of the pressure off. Like, right. if they could have gotten Mike Conley, for instance, that that kind of guy would have been great. But I think Lonzo can do some of that. He can't yep. run pick and roll, right? Like, you're just not going to do that. But I think maybe you get like, a couple of possessions a game uh, of Lonzo, you know, starting out up top. And let's yep. see what happens. You got Vooch, who, who's going to be able to space the floor so you can go five out. I mean, hell, I guess he could run some pick and roll with Vooch because Vooch can pop the way he well, can. Well, so, here, here's the thing, though. Like, we haven't talked about DeMar DeRozan yet. DeMar is going to run a lot of pick and roll, we would think. Yeah, that, I guess gonna that's take... true. I, I got to get my head around the fact that DeMar is going to be out there, too, because... DeMar, I guess, now is going to be the de facto lead guard. I still think it's I still think it's going to be Zach at the end of the day. Okay, but the the only reason that I say what DeMar has done, I I think that this is not a bad thing, by the way. I think DeMar as that guy who can come out and run a pick and roll is fine. Like he's a very good passer. He's strong as hell. Yep. Uh, It doesn't show up on the defensive end, which is, you know, that's problematic. But uh, on the offensive end. He's a very good player. Yeah. I don't the, love that signing, though, at all. So I think I'm going to go the other way on it. For uh, Look, I, I think they paid too much. I think that mm-hmm. like moving a first-round pick and Thaddeus Young, like the upgrade is not going to be as simple as just adding DeMar DeRozan to the roster, right? Like you're actually reducing value because Thad Young was really good last year. Yes, and he was you're reducing value by not being able to go out and get something else in the trade market if this construction doesn't necessarily work out or if you find that you need another front court defender, right? Mm-hmm. Having said that, I kind of think this is a really strong situation for DeRozan. Levine can really shoot now. Levine is like oh. an elite shooter. He is not just a he, good shooter. He nobody is knows how good shooter. Zach Levine is, by the way. This is the, the sneaky thing about this whole thing is that there are so many people that have no idea how good that dude is. He is insanely good. And the reason that he is insanely good is because he continues to get better. Like, every single season, he has taken a leap. Every single season, he has gotten better and better since the uh, knee injury that occurred, if I remember correctly, back in 2017. Every single year, this guy just gets better and better. You talk to people around him, he's just the craziest most competitive worker in the world i kind of think that he is defying aging curves in terms of like okay this guy's 26 he's probably not going to get much better no zach levine is going to keep getting better and oh by the way we have evidence that he's going to keep getting better because he's playing incredibly well right now with team usa so oh and he's about to spend some time with a dude who has gotten better every single year of his career by the way in demar Derozan. yeah yeah Totally. So I, I kind of look at this. I think they're going to have like a top 
six or so offense in the league. You have Zach Levine, who I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, if he makes an all-NBA team next year, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, I think that he is that good. He can be a top 15 player in the league. Nikola Vucevic, like, I think he's probably, what, a top six center in the NBA? Let's say something like sure. that. I think DeMar DeRozan, given the fact that Vucevic can shoot, Zach Levine can shoot, Lonzo Ball can shoot, Caruso can hit a spot three, Patrick Williams can hit a spot three, there isn't really a better circumstance for DeMar DeRozan to thrive within his mid-range killer game and his driving game and his ability to hit kick out passes uh, as a passer in that mid-range area than with Chicago. I kind of think it's a perfect fit for the roster they have. The only thing that worries me a touch, the only thing that worries me a touch is that Vucevic does love to operate in that mid-post area. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be harder for him to do that now. Like You're going to see him, I think, picking and popping or picking and rolling all the way to the rim more or like picking to like seal in a post up kind of thing as opposed to, you know, okay, we're going to clear out. We're going to throw an entry pass from Alonzo to Vucevic and then we're going to go that way because DeMar's guy is always going to help off of him into uh, Vucevic. Having said that, like DeMar's a really good cutter now as well. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of playing with fire doing that. I think this offense is going to be really, really good. I think this offense is going to work exceedingly well together. And Patrick Williams is basically the four. Is that, Yep. Is that what we're thinking here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm um, assuming I, the starting lineup is going to be um, Lonzo, Zach Levine, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Vucevic. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit small, I'll say, yeah. especially uh, when you run into the Milwaukee Bucks of the world. But who cares? Um, they're going to score. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Can they defend? You know, I mean, DeMar makes his teams worse on defense. Vooch, not a great rim protector. Yeah. You've got Lonzo and Patrick Williams, I, I think you can rely on their defense. Um, and, and if Zach is going to defend. That's the thing. So right? let, let's say you can throw lineups out there in closing time of Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Patrick Williams, and DeMar DeRozan. I mean, that's like that's so pretty good, I think, if, if Levine's going to defend. Right, if Levine's going to defend, and, and well, the other thing is you can do that thing where they you slide DeRozan up, right? Like he had some success with in San Antonio, right? So yeah, I, I would honestly got, prefer to do that more with him at this point of his yeah, career, but right, I don't know that he'll just, do that often here. You trust him to be strong more than you trust him to stay in front or be able to help, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know though. Um, I don't. I just don't like taking the touches away from the other guys to to give them to DeRozan on this team. Yeah. That being said, like you know, we had heard earlier that that DeRozan was talking to the Clippers. Uh, I saw the fit there, especially for next year. You know, yeah. with, with no Kawhi, we had heard some stuff that potentially. I mean, the Lakers that made no sense ever. I mean, I guess this is a better fit than the Lakers, but I just. I mean, we'll have to see it. And I and I'm a guy who defends DeRozan often. Yeah as being underrated. I, I think that as a playmaker in particular, he's overlooked, uh, but it, the defense is going to be bad. And, and so it's going to be dependent on Levine stepping up and, and can Vooch, you know, make up for DeMar. Yeah. The Vooch fit is a bit, it's not who I would have as the center for this team. Like ideally, like the guys around him, but him I and Levine though, him and Levine shits on a point should work together. Yeah. That's and like having Lonzo running the floor and leading the break because the thing that Lonzo does do really well is he drives transition play exceptionally well. Uh, you know, going grabbing, going on the glass, or getting the kick out, uh, and then hitting a hit ahead pass immediately. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's a lot there. I think I-, I am I am really interested in the Chicago team. I think they're going to be really good uh, offensively at least, and I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Which. If you're a Bulls fan, like, let's just be fucking real. Th- that product they've put on the court, like, we had to deal with the Jim Boylan era not long ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good with Chicago, man. I- I'm good with what they've done. I-, I think that the DeMar thing can work, even though I the re- I don't know who they were bidding against. Like, at the end of the day, like, are you really that worried that San Antonio is just going to re-sign him, right, and pay him $20 million? 
I don't know. That that seems strange to me. They probably overpaid, but who cares, right? I, I mean, I certainly don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good for Demar. Glad he got some money. Okay, let's move to the team that traded Lonzo to the Chicago Bulls. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot-blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash gametheory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, With Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash gametheory to claim your account. nordvpn.com slash gametheory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash gametheory. Okay, so the Pelicans, in essence, moved Lonzo Ball and their own lottery-protected first-round pick for next year for Devontae Graham, who they signed and traded in for that first-round pick that is heading to Charlotte, Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick. It's kind of hard for me to think that was the right move. (laughs) Wait, which part? Giving up the first round pick, it, all of it. Um, how uh, how much? Did, I think I would have just rather Monte making again uh, four forty seven. So it'll be like eleven for the first year. Oh, okay, okay. I I think that the Pelicans gave up the two best assets in that mm-hmm. move, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess that why I'm worried is that I'm not convinced that in two years Devontae Graham is going to be as good as Kyra Lewis. Uh, I guess you need a stopgap while Kyra continues to improve, but like I'm just not convinced of that. Uh, I'm not totally convinced that the Jonas Valanciunas fit is going to work. And on top of that, you can make the case that sure, like if Jonas Valanciunas it doesn't work and he leaves next offseason, and Tomas Sadoransky leaves next offseason, we have another max cap space. We can try and lure free agents, everything like that. We've created or increased our flexibility long term. What what are you building though? Like with Zion Williamson, you should be building towards something. And I'm not convinced that New Orleans is actually like building a core of players around Zion that like he is going to build with going forward that is going to create a title contender. No. Yeah. No. They, they, I mean, they're 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 blowing it. Right. 
A little I mean, bit. Plain it feels that way. Yeah, this was this was an it was awful. It's a bad move. Why not just re-sign Lonzo? Like, I'm sorry, yeah. man, but he's a good player. And even if you don't like him for your team, trade him. Other teams like him. Silly. Like, Very if silly. If, if your, ca- your case is basically, we would rather have Tomas Sadoransky and Devontae Graham than Lonzo. And by the way, both of those guys, pretty similar in terms of the way that they play to Lonzo. Neither of them particularly put a lot of pressure on the rim. Something that in New Orleans, not necessarily as big of a deal because you have Zion Williamson, who uh, is the biggest driver of offense toward the basket in the entire NBA. You also have Jonas Valanciunas now, who is... I thought he was like one of five centers last year, including Zion, if we want to call him a center, that I felt like reasonably confident, like throwing the ball to on the block in a post up or throwing the ball to like after a roll into like a seal and then he can Mm -hmm. like throw that little hook shot up, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I guess that it's not as important to put pressure on the rim, but I still would like guards that are a little bit more dynamic than what they got. Like, I think they need more dynamic offensive play at the end of the day. I I don't disagree with you. I mean, (laughs) I think it's pretty pretty simple, um, yeah. and anytime you give up a first round pick to get a guy like Devonte Graham, I mean, essentially, you know, and, and, I just and can't understand it. And, I, I just it just doesn't make any sense. And like, here's the you, here's the other me thing you too. can't go. I mean, Nikhil Alexander Walker. See, like I think Nikhil's going to be good. Me too. I, I, like just I think him. that. Yeah, just play him. Any play improve, him for free. Like, I think there's a chance that this works in New Orleans. But Maybe. I don't think it's going to work because of what Charlotte's front office did this offseason. Mm-hmm. I think it might work because you might see some internal growth from Brandon Ingram. You're definitely mm-hmm. going to see internal growth from Zion. Like, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to get better, and he's going to be better with playing time. Uh, Kyra Lewis, I think, is going to be really good and is going to keep getting better. Like, anything that... If this works, I think it's not going to be because you went out and got Devontae Graham. It's going to be because of the guys that you already got. And like you go out and you draft Trey Murphy, right? Um, another really, really solid player. I, I just, you wanted to go out and you wanted to help your defense. You traded Steven Adams for Jonas Valanciunas. And I think Jonas is actually pretty good defensively. Really, really good in a drop coverage scheme just enormous and uses his frame really well i don't think he's as good or as versatile as steven adams is defensively Devonte graham and tomas sadaransky are worse than lonzo defensively yep your team has gotten worse now defensively despite the fact that that was your biggest weakness going into this offseason I, I i just can't really in like i guess the horn like hornets like front office and their fans would say well the defense is not going to get better unless zion williamson gets better and unless brandon ingram like takes defense seriously and i hear you and i get that but the best thing you can do is insulate those guys while they improve defensively and they just haven't done that at all this offseason yeah I mean, it, it, I also don't really love the Ingram Zion fit, and, and I wonder, you know, I, I doubt they're going to make a trade because I, I just don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, I, I, but I think that that's a guy that they should be looking to move in Brandon Ingram. Not that he's not a good player because he is a good player. I just think him and Zion, there's a little bit too much overlap for that to work out, and Ingram's less likely to be the generational guy. You know, I, I don't expect Ingram to all of a sudden turn into Kevin Durant, whereas Zion's already Zion. And I think we kind of know what that is and we'll see where that goes, but it's already a lot better than Brandon Ingram. So I think if you were going to move one of them, that's the guy to move, but I think they do need to move him and and try to get something else that fits there. I I just, they're on the clock and it's weird to say that because I hate saying that and I hate when I hear people say it, but it's so obvious though. Like everything we hear, at least I'm assuming everything you hear, I hear yeah. a lot of it is that they're on the clock. So, yeah, I think that like Zion Williamson and folks are putting pressure on them to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. I-, I am hesitant to say that they are on the clock. If only because no player has ever turned down a nine figure extension number. But somebody's going to, I'm not convinced of that. Like Zion Williamson 
for as much as we love Zion Williamson, and I think he's one of, I think he's going to be a top five player in the league. I think he's going to be unbelievable. He's like a somewhat real injury risk at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, just given the way he plays. I don't think there's any way if I'm that guy, I can turn down, you know, nine figure guarantee to, you know, maybe he can because maybe he already has like a nine figure guarantee shoe deal. And if anyone can do it, like, it it could be him. He already has his family set. But, like, I I don't know enough about the specifics of his shoe deal to where and, like, his endorsements and everything like that. And by the time he gets to the point where he is considering an extension, he's probably going to be even more wealthy at that point. I... I don't think he's going to sign the QO. I I don't don't think it's going to be, or I don't think it's going to be one of those things at at all. I mean, maybe it's like a three year deal. Contracts don't mean anything anymore, right? Like, so all Zion has to do is just say, "Ah, I want out. I want out. That's it. I want out. It's the NBA. You know what I mean? Like Zion literally can just say, I don't want to be here anymore. I think it's hard. I think it's hard for young players to do that. It's hard for NBA teams to have a, a superstar player, especially a highly visible one like Zion, not playing. And and I think that you could run into that situation potentially. I'm not saying with Zion, but I, I just mean if you're the if you're the Pelicans and you really feel that pressure from him, you got to start doing stuff because I don't think it's a joke. Like I, I think that the, the the smoke that we see is, is legitimate, and it's weird because it feels very very premature. Yeah, but it's reality. I, I think it's premature. I mean, he should play some defense first. Yeah, right. Let's try that next season. <laughs> Let's try that next season. I think it's hard. Um, I think no, it's, it's really a tough situation. Really hard. Like they're ma- that front office is making it tougher. They are. That's themselves. see, like that's probably the best way to end that conversation. The front mm-hmm. office is making it harder. At this point, uh, I, I will also just point out, I know that I've seen some Pelican fans like bring up, yeah, like Devonte, like he's a he's just as good as Lonzo. Like, look at the numbers. Hell no. I'm telling you, just watch. Bust Go watch tape. the games. Go yeah. watch the games. It, it's it's a I little different. I, I had someone say that to me today. And I mean, I shared that the tweet that I got from that person to all of my friends because it was such a ridiculous statement. The the reason that it's hard for Devontae Graham to have that kind of value is a he's just not as good as Lonzo defensively. He's just it's not the same ballpark. Right. Devontae tries like he's a willing defender, and I think that will play well in New Orleans. He's just not as effective because he's six foot one. Right. Yeah. On top of that, with Devontae, I think that what you saw last year's and he was hurt last year. Like let's be clear about that. Like he dealt with some injuries. But if you take away the threat of the pull up jumper. He doesn't really have anything else right now, mm-hmm. right now at least, because he can't score inside at all. He doesn't really have a floater game at all. He's a really good decision maker and passer. He doesn't make mistakes, but he is pretty much at this point offensively like a one read guy. And that read is typically to try to get to the jump shot and to right. try to get to the pull up. And if He's you can reading take, his number. And if you can take away that pull up, he doesn't really do as much. He needs to diversify his game off the bounce and be able to put pressure on the rim. And I don't know that he can do that. Uh, just given what we've seen, he is another guy that's continually improved. Um, you know, and last year, I think to, to be optimistic about this deal, you have to believe that last year was fully due to injury in, in terms of his. <clears throat> Lack of ability to gain separation uh, to get to that pull-up three-point jumper and total inability to get to the basket because last year he just could not get anywhere near the basket. I'm hesitant on that front, I would say. I'm I'm pretty hesitant. You know he's not going to make mistakes. He's valuable. I think he's a really good third guard. Like I, I don't mean to like totally shit on him. I think he's a really, really good third guard that you can put in next to a good playmaker and he'll make things happen and he'll make great decisions. Like I think oh, he would have be, been he would have been awesome for the Lakers, I think. He's going to be fantastic when they attack attach a first to him and send him to Oklahoma City. <laughs> right? Like I don't let, think it's that bad, but yeah, I understand. I, I actually like Devontae. I think he's he's the he's a fine player, uh a flawed player. Yeah. Right? And it is a huge downgrade if we're just go- saying one for one, Lonzo right. or Devontae. And then when you throw in the pick, oh, right. 
I, it makes no sense. Right. And I like even the, thought, uh, well, maybe it's going to be heavily protected, like a fake first, and then yeah. maybe it's okay. Nah, awful. Yeah, like that first, I would say, probably has something like $20 million in value by itself. So essentially you're giving up like you know you're giving let's say Devonte four years 67 if we're trying to attach a dollar number to what that first round pick is worth um on the market so i uh yeah it's it's not as it's not as great of a uh not as great of a contract as what i would have liked to have seen at the end of the day um okay let's take another quick commercial break and we'll talk about the heat the lakers and the knicks Okay, we're back. Let's uh, let's dive into the Heat next. So the Heat go out. They get the biggest prize in free agency, Kyle Lowry. They sign P.J. Tucker. They give Duncan Robinson this five-year, $90 million contract. Uh, Jimmy Butler signs this enormous extension. Seth, Danny, and I wrote about this on the site. I think I'm pretty bullish on the Miami Heat at this point. Where are you sitting, Dave? Um, It's a lot of money for what I think is like a fifth or sixth seed. And I don't know how this team plays in the playoffs because it's not very athletic. And this is a team that needed some athleticism. Ooh, okay. I mean, it's not. They they added a, two old guys, <laughs> right? So, like, ooh. And P.J. Tucker was washed. I mean, he looked washed in the playoffs. Uh, Pat Connaughton should have been taking all of his minutes. Or not all of them, because you can't do that when you're Milwaukee and you have seven guys. But a lot of his minutes. It was not good. Um, you also have Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, and Bam Adebayo. Where, oof. I hope Duncan Robinson likes all those hands in his face. So I think they're actually pretty well equipped to defend in the playoffs. I'm worried about okay. the like to an extent. Yeah, I think offense. in a regular season when PJ Tucker's allowed to foul like crazy along with the rest of that team, it's going to be great. Like they are going to they're probably going to have a top 8 defense. Yeah. I also think that with the addition of Kyle Lowry, it's something they just haven't had from the guard position recently in terms of processing and quick decision making and passing in addition to the pull-up shooting game that guys like Kendrick Nunn and Goran Dragic clearly have. Mm -hmm. I think that's actually a really big addition to them because it's going to add to the ball movement factor for this team in like a pretty substantial way. You can run a lot of really interesting like one, two, one, three pick and roll combinations between Kyle and Duncan, Kyle and Jimmy Butler. You can obviously run a lot of dribble handoff stuff with Bam Adebayo in a really interesting way. They just have a lot of playmaking out there. Like we talk a lot about shooting and spacing and shooting is incredibly important and I will never say otherwise. You absolutely need gravity to keep defenders honest. But you can also keep defenders honest by having five guys out there that can like be genuine offensive threats as playmakers. And Jimmy Butler is certainly that despite the fact that he can't shoot. Bam Adebayo is certainly that despite the fact that he can't shoot. Duncan is an incredible off-ball mover. And that leads into my next thing here. All four of these guys, Bam, Jimmy, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, they all move really, really well off the ball. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to create some really strong offensive movement and offensive flow in a way that Miami hasn't quite had in a while because the point guard uh, just position hasn't been as strong as what we would have liked to have seen there, right? All that all that movement and P.J. Tucker's man is going to be four feet away from him with a foot like... Almost well, in the paint, unless Tyler Hero's on the court. Well, right? Tyler Hero. See now that now we're talking about other stuff, but I, I think the PJ Tucker, like PJ Tucker's going to play, right? He's going to come off the bench. Like I think he's like, look, he's, he's getting coming off the bench. Yeah, I think he's getting seven and a half million dollars a year. Yeah, it's not like he's you know a crazy. I think they brought him in to, to play. I mean, look, is Tyler Hero going to go back to being bubble Tyler Hero? I mean, hell, is Duncan Robinson going to go back to being playing like he's in the bubble? I like, think Duncan's the shooting pretty from those good. Guys, the con- but yeah. you know, and I think he's good too. But I think the contested shooting, uh, our minds have been blown by the contested shooting um, at, at being completely out of whack the last season and a half. Yeah, you know, or whatever. And it's I think it's going to be a difficult recalibration for us. I, I, and we saw it in the playoffs with a lot of guys, and Duncan was one of them. And part of that is because Miami just had nothing; they had no juice. And so maybe I'm falling victim to 
you know, something that is very common where I'm thinking about the last thing I saw from them. But man, what we saw was really bad. And I, I just, I, you know, I look at what they added and I love Kyle Lowry. I think Lowry is a great addition. I just, I, I just don't like the other stuff. Although uh, they got Markeef, Markeef Morris. Yeah, Markeef Morris. Mar- yeah, yeah, they got yeah. Markeef. Um, I like that move, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be for the minimum, you would think, or maybe like just mm-hmm. the portion of the um, mid-level exception they didn't give to PJ Tucker, which I think mm-hmm. will probably be more like two point two million. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just like I look. PJ Tucker hasn't played more than what like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and I think that's game. about where he'll be. Yeah, yeah, in the last couple years, right? Like, um, you know, this year he was at twenty six minutes a game. Uh, you know, the previous year in Houston, I guess he was still at 34, but he's definitely not going to be at that. I don't think there's just no way that he'll be at that level. Um, yeah, I think he's going to play like 20 to 25 minutes. I think Hero is going to play more. I put it this way. I think Hero is going to play more minutes than PJ Tucker this year. I feel pretty confident of that. Okay. So if you're Miami and you have Tyler Hero and you can space it with him and he can also play make and all the other guys in the court can play make. I think it's a hard, I think it's a harder offense to defend than what you would think just with like the lack of the lack of spacing of Jimmy and bam. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that all of hero Robinson and Lowry make it very difficult to defend. Um, let's uh, do wait. You said this is like a fifth or a sixth seed. Uh, yeah, I, I think, think so. that, I mean, yeah, Milwaukee, I think Milwaukee's better. Brooklyn's better. Uh, Philly is better, even as constructed right now, and we don't know Danny Green's yeah. status for them. Well, and we don't know Ben Simmons' status for them either. Well, like, I mean, he's on the roster. That. If he if they just ran it back, they're better than Miami. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I think that at best they're fourth, right? But I, I, I almost like Atlanta better. Yeah, I think in the regular season Atlanta probably beats them, mm-hmm. but. I actually really like this team in the playoffs still. Yeah. I mean, we'll, I'm a, we'll see. PJ Tucker might not even be there by the playoffs. It's very possible. Because the contract that he signed is perfect to trade. It is. It really is. Seven and a half million dollars. It's like the perfect number. Team option, right? Yeah. And by the way, like we talked about Alex Caruso earlier. What in the world are the Lakers doing not matching that number? I mean, the ta- the, the luxury tax, I guess, is... Uh, you know, scaring some of the uh, mom and pop operations. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go to the new or no, let's go to the Lakers. Let's transition there because that's a perfect way to go. Um, they've done a lot. I will say that. I think in general, I, I like what they've done. I really uh, like them retaining Taylor Horton Tucker as kind of an upside guy with a really nice. Uh, trade target contract at $10 million a year. Uh, I really like them going out and getting Malik Monk. I think that them going out and getting Carmelo Anthony is a really nice addition that will help them off the bench. Uh, I would think that, you know, just given the accountability factor of LeBron James, uh, it's going to be fine in terms of, you know, Carmelo will play the role that he's asked to play. Right. Uh, they got Trevor Ariza. They got Wayne Ellington, who's another shooter. I mean, they've done a really, really nice job of just finding value on minimum level contracts at this point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is kind of the, their team, though, right? Yeah, I would say this is probably their team, right? You're, yeah. you're looking at uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. Uh, who's, who's shooting? Who's going to shoot the basketball? Wayne Ellington, for sure, we know is going to mm-hmm. shoot. Mm-hmm. Malik Monk was really good this past season. He's like the tenth guy, right? I don't. I'll be honest. You I kind of think he's. I kind of think he's more than that. But well, he needs. He probably needs to be. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but so, isn't he signed to be the tenth guy. Maybe. You know, it, it's just an interesting roster. And by the way, I'm here for it. It's going to be the yeah, only yeah, thing yeah. that actually matters is what does LeBron look like? What does AD look like? And what does Russ look like, too, by the way? Well, well how does Russ play? Not what yeah. he looks like. I, I know Russ is going to be like he's going to play. Right, the guy played through a quad injury. Like you know, he's going to be on the court. Yeah, will he adjust the way he did playing next to Beal, especially at the end of games? What's he going to do defensively? Who who knows? Like, is he cl- he's going to close games for them defensively? And you're, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. So, and, and you don't have KCP anymore. You know, no more Caruso. I don't know who you bring in when you need a stop. That's a know, good man. point. 
That's you know, a very good point. I mean, plain and simple, they're not as good as they were, and I, I don't think that that's controversial. They're older, and that can be a problem. Um, but I don't hate some of the stuff. Like I like Ariza. I think Ariza is that's a it's a perfect spot for him if he can come be your eighth guy. But he might have to be their sixth guy. That's that's an issue. Uh, too much mellow is bad. He has he has hurt the last three teams that he's played on. I mean, the the Blazers would have been better without him playing in the playoffs. I know it's funny to say because of what he does offensively, but his defense is really bad. Yeah, and you just don't have the other guys to make up for that. You know, Dwight Howard is fine, but you know, coming off the bench, you know, his per thirty six fouls, he's it's going to be like eight a game or eight per thirty six. He's going to have a, a crazy foul rate. Um, we, we assume he's their third center, right? I'm. I don't know, man. I, I think Marcus Saul is going to start. That's kind of what I was thinking, too, yeah. Yeah, because Anthony Davis won't play center for some reason, even though the league just isn't built that way anymore. So it is worth noting that, like, throughout the reporting on these moves, there has been a hint of Anthony Davis is going to play more center this year. Yeah, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. Reasonable. Like, total. I think that's absolutely reasonable. But, like, if Marc Gasol's playing center for 15 minutes a night, Anthony Davis is playing center for 15 minutes a night, maybe 20 minutes a night, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, let's say 15, right? Uh, and maybe Mark's getting 20. Then, you know, you're getting, like, 10 minutes of Dwight Howard. Oh, ideally. That's probably fine. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, Gasol, I'm assuming, is going to start. But what if Gasol's not even there? Because we don't he, know yet. He said, he's co- he said after oh, the game against the USA that he's coming back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which I missed good. that. Yeah, um, but so so you've got on the perimeter, you've got you've got Russell Westbrook, and then you've got Kendrick Nunn probably coming off the bench for 15 minutes a night to shoot. Right, Kent Bazemore has been an inconsistent shooter, but you know can knock down a spot three. Wayne Ellington can certainly knock down a spot three. I like Malik Monk quite a bit. Uh, so do I. Like I, I think he is actually a really really good addition for them as a shooter. Uh, and then you've got AD spacing it. You've got Carmelo, who can definitely space it. I mean, he's going to take some stuff away defensively. But uh, if you can like tie him to the hip of LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's probably not as bad as what you would think. Like you, the the thing that you can't do with Carmelo, you can't play him with Marcus Gasol or Dwight Howard. I think because then you just won't have enough mobility to cover ground defensively. I mean, if if those guys are playing together. Or if they're playing enough that we have to worry about their minutes, something has gone horribly wrong. Well, for the Lakers. I, I guess my point is like Frank Vogel's going to have to stagger these minutes. He can't just like bring in full scale bench front courts. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like just, oh, just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, definitely don't. Please don't. Or yeah. do. Let's see it. Why not? <laughs> oh, that would be uh, a disaster. You know, I love basketball experimentation. Especially when we know what the outcome is going to be. Oh, it would be bad. That's the best. Especially if you put them out there with Kendrick Nunn, who can't keep anyone in front. Oh, yeah. Just, I forgot they signed Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, oh, two man. years, five wow. million. Gave him almost all of the uh, taxpayer mid-level. Yeah. Um, Did Danny Green turn him down? or Unclear. I mean, they definitely don't have any room to give him money at this point. Because of the Nunn deal. So they, he, they had to have known that Danny wasn't coming there at this point. Like, yeah. you don't sign Nunn unless you think Danny can't come, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, look, if you're Danny Green, you could pretty much pick wherever you want to go. Yeah, it, it, depending on what you're willing to take, yeah. Exactly. That's it. Because every single team out there wants you. In, in the case Wait. of the Lakers, let, let's just like close the loop here. The Lakers now... I would imagine that they're probably going to split the minutes between Russell Westbrook and Kendrick Nunn at the, at the lead guard spot, right? Uh, you know, Westbrook will play 30 to 35 a night, and then Nunn will play 10 to 15. Maybe Nunn gets like a few minutes here or there at the two. Um, probably going to look at something like Kent Bazemore, Malik Monk, or Talon Horton Tucker next to them in the backcourt. And then... You have LeBron playing 35 a night. You have AD playing 35 a night. And then it's like Ariza, Carmelo, and Marc Gasol with them, I would say. I think that there's probably enough shooting with Nunn, Baysmore, Monk, Ellington, Carmelo now in roles to just be able to hit spot threes. The problem with a lot of these guys is, is that they're not two-way players. 
Um, you're probably taking something off the floor defensively when you have some of these floor spacers on the floor offensively. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I don't agree with you that there's enough shooting. I, I think there's not. Interesting. It, like, there's who's the volume guy? Um. Yeah. I mean, Wayne Ellington can be that. Malik Monk. I, you know, how many minutes gonna is he going to play? That's the problem, right? Like, yeah. it's all. But LeBron's like, going to be the volume three guy. Well, here's the thing. Maybe you don't need a volume three guy if you're getting like from the two guard position, right? You're playing Malik Monk and Wayne Ellington 30 minutes a night combined and they're shooting nine threes in those 30 minutes combined. Like while it will be it'll be a like a split in terms of the numbers and it'll look like they don't have a volume guy. Really, they are getting volume shooting from the quote unquote two guard position. Right. Right. Kendrick Nunn as well. Like, well, he'll take threes pretty easily. So, like, it'll come from a lot of different places. But I think that they can patchwork together enough volume shooting next to Russ. The rust of this whole thing is like very complicated. I feel like. Uh, yeah, I mean that is the biggest complication in the entire thing. Yeah, I, I don't know what to do with it. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, I'm I'm bullish on them probably figuring it out because they have three superstars and that's what matters. But it's going to be interesting to watch them come together and make it work. I think. I mean, I think it's probably going to to yeah. whatever degree. And then it won't when it gets to the playoffs. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's go to the Knicks as our final team uh, that did a lot in free agency at the very least. Uh, the Knicks signed Yvonne Fournier to a four-year $78 million deal. They signed Derek Rose to a three-year $43 million deal. They signed uh, Alec Burks, I think, got three thirty, if I remember correctly. Uh they signed Nerlens Noel to a three-year, right around thirty to thirty-two million dollar deal, if I remember correctly. Uh, they, have, they have one. Was it one more guy? Am I missing someone with the Knicks? Rose. Yeah, uh, I think I mentioned Rose. Rose got like three forty-two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm. I, I think I'm not surprised that they decided to run it back. I think it's reasonable to run it back. I oh they signed Taj Gibson is the other one. That's it. Um, Taj. Okay. Yeah. I, but I like, don't I, know why they why they did it. Like you, you got. I, I thought that the Hawks were clearly better, and it, it would have been a great time to say, "Hey, you know what? We did well, but let's uh, reassess and, and then go forward." But the contracts aren't bad. They're not locked in on anybody. So you know, I mean, it's I don't. Know. They drew some walks, you could say, by well, running it back. I think that the weird thing about them running it back is that they ran it back on three-year term deals, or let's say even two-year term deals if some of these have team options at the end Mm -hmm. and we just don't know yet, right? I was surprised that they locked in with term on some of these guys. I think the way they've handled their center position is so fascinating this offseason because they've given... Mitchell Robinson, the team option, and just pick that up. Sign Nerlens Noel to the $10 million deal instead of considering like renegotiating and extending Mitchell Robinson, maybe at like $13, $14 million a year, and then finding a different guy than Nerlens, right? Like, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, that, that seems like the opposite of what I would have done, but clearly they just really like Nerlens, I think, right? And Nerlens isn't bad. And it's a guy that you can move. I, I don't mind it. I, I don't. I don't really feel strongly about anything that they did. I don't think that Fournier was necessarily an overpay. Maybe the years you worry about, but for what it's worth, that last year I think is a team option on yeah. the Fournier. I mean, deal. but it's also that's the NBA, right? Like you want Fournier, you, you're going to have to pay because he had a market, right? I, I just, I don't know. I just don't think they did anything, and and because other teams have gotten better. And I think Atlanta, with a full season of Nate McMillan and a little bit more of a fully realized version of what they are, they're going to be a lot better. The Bulls got better. Yep. I think the Heat should be better just with health, even. Yep. So, you you know, you're the Knicks. You're you're dropping down. Now you're in the play-in, and you basically brought back the same team. Totally For fine. For multiple years, by the way. Right. Totally it, fine and- to do that. On top of that, they chose to give Alec Burks the three-year $30 million deal instead of Reggie Bullock the three-year $30 million deal. And I thought Bullock was much more important to what they did last year than Burks was because of Bullock's defensive ability. And I mean, there's a reason Dallas jumped at it. 
right? Right. right. So, yeah, I, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of meh about it. I, they didn't really change anything. And, yeah. You know, you're hoping for growth from Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Um, but probably going to be worse. They're probably going to be in the play-in if they're lucky. Yeah, I think that they're probably a play-in team as opposed to a playoff team right now, which is fine. Like the, uh, the Knicks certainly would be, I think, happy with continued success and building and growth as R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and some of these young guys get integrated. But uh, I, I was more surprised by the term than by the team that they chose to sign, I guess is the way to put it. Sure. Uh, I was surprised they chose to lock in. Uh, the other team I want to talk about is the Spurs. Can can you understand what they're doing to me? Like for me, which one? Which which move are we talking about here? Because you know we, I, I was producing the draft show um, when they when they drafted what's his name? Um, Josh Primo. Josh Primo. And your reaction to that was pretty priceless. Um, the Doug McDermott contract weird. I don't hate the Collins move. We don't know the details on it, or yeah. at least I don't know the details on it. But 322, where you're assuming that the second and third year are probably some version of non-guaranteed, uh, whether they're options or, or whatnot, um, to take a look at a guy who actually is not a stiff when healthy, Yeah, that's, that's I, I easy. Liked that. that was an easy yeah. decision to make if you're, if you're me and, and if you're the Spurs. Uh, I definitely will pay the money to get a look at that guy because the Spurs are just not expecting to contend for a title next year, right? So that sort of speculative money is fine for them to spend. The McDermott contract makes no sense because that's a contender contract. That's a, hey, we need a shooter, and we're not going to get Duncan Robinson. Here's a guy who can shoot on the move. Really, really good coming off the elbow, which, you know, again, it's not like they run a lot of elbow action in San Antonio. I, I don't get that one. That one's weird. I had heard that they were in on Lowry or were going to be on, in on Lowry Markinen, and we haven't heard or seen any of that. So I wonder if something happened there. Um, well, and they, they had like the McDermott deal. It's they fine money, I guess, for a shooter, but it's a lot of Doug McDermott. Well, they had an actual active ability to get Lowry Markinen. In this sign and trade away. with DeMar DeRozan, like it would have yeah. been, I mean, look, they would have run into like basier compensation, like issues and everything. And maybe at some point they decide to make the move when it's outside of the sign and trade, which was going to be very complicated. But I, I don't, the McDermott thing is strange because I think it's important to get shooting around young guys, right? Like, I think that having shooting and floor spacing around your young players, especially someone like Keldon Johnson, who like drives constantly and is super attack oriented, it really helps to have shooting around him. And they just haven't had that because Derek White hasn't consistently been on the floor all the time because of injury. And DeJounte Murray, while we're still waiting for the jump shot, which seems to be coming every offseason, hasn't really shot it, right? Uh Zach Collins, I think, is another guy that has a chance to shoot. I like that idea. I just like, I don't, this is another team where I don't know what they're building toward. Well, right. they got to move some stuff. They got too, yeah. many, too many young athletic wings, right? Like crazy. But they got too many of them at this point. And now you got to pick some. I'm assuming Kelton Johnson is a number one. Yeah, he would be my guy that I keep. Mm-hmm. Uh DeJounte would be a great guy to try to move for like Ben Simmons or something. But now you're, you know. Honestly, to another weird place. I, I do wonder if they're sneaky a team for Simmons and like nobody's talking about it because everyone thinks they're not competing. But like, I don't know that a competitor right. has to go get Ben Simmons, right? I, look, I, I just think if you've got all those wings, you should be in play for a lot of dudes. I mean, they, they should be in play for Damian Lillard. Like, could, could you do something like you could move? Well, can you aggregate Thaddeus Young right now? I'm not sure that you can to move. Um, uh, no. I think he's yeah. got to be there for 60 days or something. S- I can't something like that. Yeah. Larry, Larry Coon's going to get mad at me, but I can't. <laughs> um, but once that happens, you could do something like Thad Young, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, and something else for Ben in like picks and like lots of picks for Ben Simmons. And that's like kind of an interesting move. Maybe uh, Devin throw Devin Vassell in there. Like they have a lot of 
young players, you know, pick and choose some of them, not necessarily all of them. Um, they have enough young perimeter talents where if they wanted to make a move because they think Ben Simmons is a star, they're actually one of the sneaky teams that I think can theoretically do that right now. Maybe. Like, I, I would kind of... They don't make a lot of trades, though. They don't. That's true. I I can't remember the last time they, like, straight up brought in a star player. Like, all of their stars have been homegrown. (laughs) Well, yeah, but they were trading out the better player in that deal, unfortunately. Um, They they signed LaMarcus Aldridge. That wasn't really by a trade. So, yeah, yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, Yeah, again, this is a team where they clearly need to continue to make moves because I, I just don't know what they're building toward right now. Uh, they, they need to go out and find the guy to center this thing around, and I still don't think they have that guy, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't either. Um, you know, I, I think that if Lonnie Walker was going to wind up being that guy, we would have seen something by now. Kelton is interesting. I don't think he's a number one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is this is the peril of not drafting in the top five it really is and, and relying being on the draft yeah yeah relying uh, on the draft i mean you know like look you, you just don't win any of those titles if you don't get that number one pick and draft tim duncan i'm sorry it's just you've got to get that level of player on your team and it's probably more imperative now than it even was 20 years ago yep I think that's right. Okay, uh, real quick, let's buzz through a couple of guys. Mike Conley resigns in Utah for uh, a hometown discount of, I believe, it's like sixty-eight million dollars or something. I mean, that is that is <laughs> laughably also, like a I will good number also for take him. a sixty-eight million dollar uh, contract and call it a discount. I'd be happy to do that to anyone. Shout out to the Athletic. Holler at me. I'm I'm in. Please, I will give, give you give a me discount that money. and sign for sixty-eight million dollars. Uh, I mean, they had to do that, right? Like, you just don't have a replacement. Um, they're in a really tough spot still because you know anyone that is watching that team knows that Rudy Gobert is not the problem with their defense, <laughs> and that their defensive issues in the playoffs were not Rudy triggered. It was point of attack defense. They have no wings, no athletes, yeah. nothing. And so now you've got Donovan Mitchell and and Mike Conley. That's your backcourt. Where is any defense coming from? So you still got this kind of a similar problem. I I think Joe Ingles might be a guy who's out because they need to try to find some athleticism to get into that starting lineup. Here's a question. Would you trade Joe Ingles or would you trade Boyan? Okay, it's not would, it's could. Remember, like Joe Ingles is expiring contract. It's just easier to move. Um now, if I had a choice, I, I probably would rather have Boyan. But Joe Inglis is really good. I, you know, we mentioned him on, on a little live stream today, and we said, you know, perfect guy for the Warriors. He he plugs right in, ready to play, can do the stuff you need him to do. Uh, you know, run a pick and roll, can really shoot it, and just knows how to do stuff. And and, and you don't need as much from him defensively because you have other guys who can guard on the perimeter. Utah doesn't have that. They basically their entire defense is. Rudy, please save us. And that doesn't work in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they need more athletic perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, for what it's worth, George Niang just signed with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so that's one uh, great shooter. So Danny Green's out. Fit their scheme. But, yeah, it seems like Danny Green's out with Philly. Um, I don't know where he's going to end up. That's a really interesting guy to pay attention to right now. Oh, man. Um, listen, I... The Warriors should be in on him. The Bucks should be in on him. I think Utah should be in on him. Somehow. Yeah, I agree. That that's right? actually like, the team that makes the most sense. I think is yeah. I, look, Danny Green is just going to make your team better. I know it's funny for me to say that because I say that constantly, but I say it because it's true. Right. It's it's the, I'd be the the smartest GM of all time because every single year I would sign Danny Green to a contract. The the Niang deal is interesting because it's low enough. To where it fits into the biannual exception, which makes me wonder if they're planning on doing that and using their taxpayer mid-level. I don't know how close they are to the biannual exception, like hard cap, though. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I like, will need to head. see their updated sheet. Um, yeah. But, I mean, listen, I, you, you know that Daryl is going to be aggressive. And the Simmons, I, listen, August 6th is coming up, and I think that that could be another trade day. Right, like yeah, the the Russell Westbrook trade is going to probably become official that day. There's still time for teams to jump in on that. Wouldn't be shocked if, if the Nets get in on this. Maybe with Dinwiddie. Yeah, D- and, Danny Larue and Fred Katz wrote a really good story on that today. Um, maybe Davis Bertans going up yeah. to Brooklyn. 
Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see it, but I actually talked to Fred the other day about this. So, uh, yeah, it, there's there's still stuff that I think could happen. And, and you know, the dust is not settled, obviously. Uh, Daryl being one of the more creative guys and having a chip like Ben Simmons, which no matter what Twitter thinks, that guy's a great basketball player. Yeah. And certainly uh, a guy's value takes a hit when he performs like he did in the playoffs. But there were other guys on that team that were worse than Ben totally Simmons. Totally agree. The, the free throw thing, whatever. And I just saw you know, someone just texted me a photo of Ben Simmons shooting fadeaways. I, I just don't care about that, man. 90% of that guy's game is all NBA. I'll take it. And so I think if you arm Daryl with that kind of a piece, he's going to turn it into something. It might not be another star player. It might be two or three guys who are just really, really solid starters. That's good for that team because you got be Joel Embiid. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, the jury's out on them, but that, you know, Daryl doesn't get enough credit for how how often he's been able to pull off finding good players without absolutely sucking on purpose and i think we should reward that at least in the media we should we should applaud it a little bit more than we do um because i mean isn't that the whole point hot, hot take daryl morey good at general managering yeah yeah and he's Darryl's not great. infallible right I, I, he's not yeah infallible. totally and i'm and i'm you know i don't want to be one of those guys who who is just like you know he's a genius or whatever because it's basketball um, but he is shown to be a very creative manager when it comes to roster construction. Well, and, and, so, and very creative in trade construction as well. Right. Let's be clear and about when that. When has he ever yeah. had an opportunity to trade a guy at the level of Ben Simmons? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what he ends up getting for Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I have an immense amount of respect for Daryl. I, I think he's phenomenal. So uh, I, I think that. Whatever team trades, aside, right? <laughs> whatever team trades for Ben Simmons uh, is, is probably going to have to send out quite a bit of value. And again, like the Spurs, like that—that's a deal that like kind of lines up to me. But the fact that it lines up makes me think it's probably not the one that will be get, will be the one that gets done, right? Okay. Uh, last thing: Brooklyn Nets signed Patty Mills to a two-year, twelve million dollar deal. What a fucking contract! <sighs> like. <laughs> I mean, they're going to win the title. I think. Like, I agree. Is, is Brooklyn or Milwaukee? Um, I, I think we'll the see. Lakers have a real case, but I would pick Brooklyn. We'll right see now. who signs Danny Green. <laughs> uh, but, but man, what a great signing for for any team, right? Like anyone who could have gotten Patty Mills is going to yep. like that is an A plus signing in my book. You talk about a guy who can run second units can close games offensively and defensively, uh, can get you a bucket, really. I mean, we all see him playing in FIBA, so you know he has it in him. Yep. And just doesn't really care if he's the guy taking the shot or not. That's, I mean, guy's great. I'm actually sad to see him leave San Antonio, and, you know, it, it, this is it's just kind of that business. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I think that if you're the Warriors, if you're the Bucks, and you see Brooklyn get Patty Mills, you probably feel pretty bad about it. I know that the Lakers were in on him. Yep. I think if you're the Lakers, you'd rather have him than Kendrick Nunn. Uh, but yeah, great signing for the Nats, man. I love it. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, he's not a San Antonio lifer. I think a lot of people forget that he played his first two years in Portland, right? But uh, yeah, it, but in this industry, I mean... With lifers, right? Yeah. Like Boris it, Diaw gets is considered a spur, I think. Well, anytime you spend a decade with a team in this era, like Patty Mills did with San Antonio, you know, you are, it's, it's the closest thing you can get to being a lifer. It feels like right and he was now. on an iconic team. Yeah. It was on an iconic team that won a title in 2014. Uh, I'm glad he's going to get to compete again for a title. Cause there are a few guys that I root for more than Patty Mills, because uh, that guy is just uh, seems like an incredible human being that uh, really puts so much of his time and energy into fighting racism uh, in Australia and, you know, helping with inclusivity within this country that I live in. So I'm rooting for Patty Mills. I'm super excited that he uh, ended up in a place where he's going to get to compete for a title. Dave Dufour, tell the people where they can find your work. Exclusively at The Athletic. I don't know. I never know how to answer that question. Literally. Yeah. Just, yeah. But 
at the athletic i am all over this place i am all (laughs) over this place. you cannot you cannot open a link without finding me at the athletic we we discussed naming rights for the athletic and just changing it to the dofletic but it was a little too clunky and we have all those dot coms already so you know we're gonna keep it the athletic but i'm all over the place at the athletic the athletic.com dot doof <laughs> that's what we're looking actually for. back we'll do the athletic.com slash doof that's your yeah. that's your promo code yeah there yeah. it is yeah actually go to the athletic.com slash game theory is that is that the link probably i don't yeah. I think so. sign up tell them dave <laughs> sent you but it, i mean you know at the athletic it's home it's it's a beautiful home guys thank you so much for listening it's been a phenomenal month for the podcast uh it feels like uh more and more people are listening so i really appreciate that i appreciate all of you for taking the time out of your very busy days to listen to me and dave and matt penny and everyone else that comes on this show uh We'll be back at some point, probably this weekend, I would guess. There's just so much going on in terms of the NBA right now that it's worth diving into in a bit more detail. Please rate, review, subscribe, do everything you can to support the show. But until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye. 